Hey everyone, welcome back to the Off Peak Podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. Nicole, Steve, and George actually aren't here. Instead, I'm here with my new roommates in Tahoe, who I've been living with for the last two months. So I'm going to introduce you to them, and they're going to tell you a little bit about how they've been enjoying their life out here. So I'm going to introduce Dave. Hey, I'm Dave. Matt. Hi, I'm Matt. And Cody. Hi, I'm Cody. Thanks for joining me, guys. How are you feeling? Awesome. Good. good. Feeling good. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Excited to talk about yourselves. I know Matt is, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so this is also very special because this is really the first guest episode that we've had on this podcast. So. Oh, cool. You guys... Must be pretty excited. I can see it in your faces. Yeah, thanks for having me. So just to, for clarification, who gets to be the first guest? Is it me, Dave, or Cody? So, or are so we let's, all let's, equal? Let's start with Dave. Uh, so, <laughs> so Dave, you've been out here the longest, so what brought you out here? Uh, snowboarding brought me out here. I, uh, I originally lost my job in Vermont. I was a zipline guide, and uh, I got a job out here coaching snowboarding, and uh, me and my buddies, one of my buddies was in Oregon, and... Uh, my other buddy I was living with, and we're just like, you know, let's let's go out to Tahoe, and that's what we did. We packed up. We didn't have anything. Uh, we didn't have a place to stay. I think I had a couple grand in my pocket, and uh, just won it. You know, I was young, so and that I stayed. I came for the winters, and I ended up staying for the summers. So this is my ninth year here. I think is that right, Matt? Eighth, we got here in 2012, right? Yeah, Matt got here the same year as I. Yeah, so I just wanted to correct you. We've been here the exact same amount of time. I think I got here a couple weeks ahead of him, actually. Exactly. (laughs) See, I I did my research before the podcast. Yeah, it's just not true. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was here way before him. (laughs) All right. Well, if I did get that wrong, um, do you want to tell me about how you're how you kind of got out here and what? Sure. Yeah, I used to be a financial consultant. I. did that for five years in Michigan, wanted to work outside, so I moved to Lake Tahoe, started teaching skiing and snowboarding at uh, North Star, and that's where I met Dave, and we became friends when we got out here, and yeah, I've uh, been bouncing around. I've worked at North Star, Sugar Bowl, Squall, Alpine, Diamond Peak, all resorts in North Lake Tahoe, so pretty pretty unique experience being able to work at all these different resorts within a stone's throw of where we are now. Do you still give financial advice to people? I did. I do. Actually, I was on a, a, a raft, uh, raft guiding in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And uh, at the end of my trip, uh, somebody asked for some financial advice and said they would hit me up. They never hit me up, but uh, I usually give uh, basic advice. Like one, one snippet is buy low, sell high. Seems pretty easy, right? But what it translates into is buy into fear sell into greed. So uh, a lot of people, they don't have the emotional capacity to um, buy when, it's, when you're really scared and then sell when everyone's telling you to buy. So that's, yeah, so, that, so I still give that kind of advice. Nice. Do you um, have any financial advice related to skiing? Yeah, you got to work at a resort to be able to ski. Um, just because like... Uh, to get 100 days in a year, you're not going to have time for that work in a, a day job. So unless you are a night auditor at a hotel and then you have your days free, the best and 
their next best best options working at a ski resort because then you're already there. They pay you to do that. I snowboarded a bunch today and I got paid to do it. So that's uh, that's the financial financial advice there. Otherwise, it's it's a it's a pretty costly sport. Very fair. Yeah, I see uh, you got a North Star bandana on. I do. I was wearing it in Diamond Peak marketing footage that we shot today. They shot some videos on the hill. And I'm like, <laughs> I was a little worried that this would be in the footage. We'll see what, they, what they're going to post. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to, but uh, the guy filming didn't say anything. Wow. That's pretty savage. <laughs> That's funny. That those come out. So, Cody... You're the newest recruit out here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what brought you here? Uh, well, I had a, a job opportunity here at North Star. Uh, I worked a few years in terrain parks at uh, Okimo back in Ludlow, Vermont. And uh, that got me enough experience to be able to get a job here at North Star and terrain parks. And uh, also had the opportunity to be able to come live with Dave. So that was a big help because yeah. housing is pretty hard to find out here. So. so so what's your relationship to Dave? Dave here is my brother. Hey. Nice. So it's in the family. Yeah, it is. I'll never forget the first first time uh, I went skiing with Cody. I think he'd been skiing a couple of times. But uh, I took him up into the park and I talked him into hitting this box. It was a flat box with a giant barrel in the middle of it and then another down box. And right when he went up over the thing, I just he, he screams out. He's like, that was freaking awesome, man. You know, and he's <laughs> yeah. like 11 years old or something like that. I think that was the moment he fell in love with skiing. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a good, I, I remember that. Nice. Another question uh, that I have about North Star's early season conditions. So the terrain park area, so Vista, that's typically groomed and it's typically all terrain park features. But for the last couple of weeks, there have been some ungroomed mogul runs on there. Um, so I'm wondering from your perspective, like, is the reason why those are open just because the backside terrain, which is typically more difficult, isn't open yet? Or are there like other reasons behind it? Uh, the biggest reason is uh, there's not enough snow on the trails. Uh, it's not possible to put a groomer up there. Uh, until we get more snow, they, they'll continue to be ungroomed or closed. Gotcha. Guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the backside doesn't really have anything to do with, like, the terrain. I mean... The back of the backside would definitely help with like the flow of people for sure, but it all depends on the snowfall. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that, Cody. So, Dave. Yeah. I yeah. think you have uh, a couple more jobs than the rest of us here. So, why don't you tell us about some of your your main gigs? <laughs> well, I think I have yeah more gigs and jobs. Um, you know, usually I work at a hotel this time of year, or well, all year round except for the shoulder seasons. Uh, that that really pays the bills with tips and stuff like that. But because of coronavirus, I've had to find other avenues to make money. So I've been doing a lot of video work. Um, yeah, buying and selling online, especially pine cones. Yeah, you know, you're a fan of those, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about those pine cones? <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so... If you're willing to. Yeah, I mean, pine cones are huge, you know, out here. They're gigantic, you know, they're bigger than the size of my hand. That's what really sells them. So what I do is I go out and I just, I look for pine cones that look good. You know, they've fallen down from these hundred foot tall trees that have been broken. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to put them in the oven for 110 degrees for 15 minutes, but I don't do that. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the pine cones, what I do is I just, I'll pick them up and, uh, if it fits, it ships box at a USPS for $19 and 40 cents. And then I st- do a starting bid of eight bucks. Usually ends up somewhere between twenty and twenty-five dollars. Um, and then I add on the shipping, which is another twenty bucks. So I can sell two to four pine cones. I could, I could, I, I was selling about, uh, you know, five to ten different boxes a day for the month of November. I guess a little bit of October, wow. a little bit of November. Yeah. So that actually helped pay my rent for uh, about a month, month and a half there. And yeah, this was my first year doing it. I think next year I'm going to put some ads up, trying to see if I can yeah. sell even more. Do you, uh, having done it for a year at this point, do you think there's any seasonality with the pine cones? Oh, definitely, of course. Seems like everybody wants to put them around their Christmas tree or up by their pumpkins, right? So this is like the kind of peak season right now. Yeah, I would say it's actually over now, to be honest with you. You know, the snow came in. And uh, anybody that's, you know, putting up a tree or putting in that much effort to buy pine cones on eBay, they're already done. Do you feel any ethical uh, or moral obligation by violating the outdoor code of leave no trace and taking something from nature and profiting off of it? Well, I've never heard of leave no trace before, so this is the first of that. Sam, have you heard of leave no trace? I have. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that, that that is a thing. Um, I do think that was a bit of a joke, though. <laughs> Me? It's not. Not at all. I, I kind of think it's there's something morally wrong about taking a pine cone that could grow a f- tree in the future. I mean, I, it's it's nature. It should be left in <laughs> I nature. Think, I think no, that's wait. a bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. What I do is I take my electric skateboard and I roll down, you know, around sunset to the uh, golf course because, you know, I love going down there uh, at that time. And the actually, what happens is, is the golf course people pick up all these pine cones. Oh, that's different. Okay, and they leave them all in this pile. Then you really? listen. This is insider information. Okay, insider so information. You should be careful. This is gonna be broadcast to <laughs> the public. Well, I don't think anybody's going to the certain pile. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so what I do is I go and I sift through this pile, and I find the best looking ones, the biggest ones. You know, that they're most likely just going to toss out, burn, or do something with. I don't know. They're, they're giant piles that are not definitely not there all year round. So No, and the golf course, I think that's that's completely different. It sounds like you're doing it a sustainable way, to be honest. And that's, that, that's what, that, like, the leave no trace applies to nature in, in nature. So, like, our backyard. I thought you were going out in our backyard and doing that. And then, then that, that's where that moral obligation that we owe i really believe in leave no trace sam so i don't mean to troll because a lot of people think uh a a karen you know those stacking rocks right a lot of people think that that doesn't do any harm but that changes erosion patterns there's bugs that live under you know like there's a whole cascade effect so this leave no trace is it's a it's a philosophy that i think um you know i always like to talk about when we're getting into gray areas like we were with 
with paying rent with pine cones. Well, what do you uh, think the all the gas you're burning through on that bus you're driving around does to the ozone layer? That's fair. Okay. Oh yeah. So oh, we uh, don't need to go there. No, let's let's uh, hear about okay. the bus, Matt. Oh so. sure. Yeah, the bus uh, is been a very long. Uh, project in the making. It took me years to find the perfect bus. I found a five-window school bus that I bought from a church with 80,000 miles. I converted it, uh, bought it in Kalamazoo, Michigan, converted it in Michigan. Um, took seven weeks, $8,000 total. That's including the cost of the bus. What did um, you I, convert it to? Uh, just like a little tiny home. Yeah, with an oven, a solar panel set up. Yeah, so it was, and I, I did a huge road trip uh, all the way to Phoenix, or all the way through Arizona and uh, Vegas, and yeah, it worked out, and no, really no problems so far, so I got lucky. So you technically have two homes right now? I do. I um, am living in my bus next uh, summer when I'm a raft guide, so that's that's how I you know, I'm thinking about it. And if it's like, if I need a quarantine because Cody has coronavirus, which we all suspect he did last winter, right around February, we all got sick. We think we were the first wave of this pandemic. Let's put that out there. But, uh, yeah, that, if Cody gets sick, but if we he gets sick, I have a quarantine vehicle. So, yeah. Um, well, I think it's, it's pretty nuts that you you have a bus and it's just sitting out there in front and... of a multi million dollar home that could get pretty upset. Yes, yeah. We're we're in a North Star Village. I don't know if I mentioned it yet in this podcast, but we live about, uh, you know, I'd say maybe three to five minute drive from the resort. Or it takes three minutes on my electric skateboard to get there. Or or it could be like Dave and you can get an electric skateboard. But yeah, so. Glad to kind of hear a little bit about you guys. I guess my next question for you is, we know a little bit about your work and your life. Um, so what do you like to do for fun out here? Everything. Anything outdoors, really. The options are endless. Matt, what's your favorite thing to do? You know, Cody getting blackout drunk on a Monday night bowling. So nothing... Nothing screams fun to me like a, a, a Monday night bowling session uh, at Incline Bowl. Or, you know, back when we had the J1s, we had Womp Womp Wednesday at Womp the grid. I mean, there's just so many good pirate, pastimes. Pirate parties. Oh, we had a pirate party. This is the pirate house. Did you know you live in the pirate house, Sam? I did not. I guess I got here Our, after Corona. So yeah, I missed so, it. Uh, well, but, look, we got like a skull and crossbow. Well, there, actually, so. the landlord had me take it down. She said it was... Uh... Putting too many eyes on the house. Everyone calling it the pirate. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's right. I, was, I, was, I was vacationing somewhere. I had to call Cody and ask him to take it down. Take it down? Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, why am I just finding this out? That's hilarious. So we had a, we had a skull and crossbones for at least five years out there. And uh, we finally put together a pirate party. It was a really, fu- really cool party. Everyone dressed up like pirates. And, uh, but like this is known as the pirate house. But uh, apparently we're trying to change that. Yeah. around here can't have our landlord get changed, upset yeah. about it holy moly that's funny oh man that's funny. yeah there's a lot there's a really a lot to do here <laughs> to be honest with you sam yeah I mean, it's just like any anything really i i love to go to the lake i love to wake surf especially in the summertime shoulder season is a little bit more difficult that's why i got the electric skateboard but i mean we're 45 minutes from reno 
playing poker. We took Matt's bus the other night to go play poker when Matt lost a couple hundred bucks. And, uh... I actually won twenty dollars. I actually won twenty dollars that night. Really? Yeah, because I started with twenty dollars. Like, like you loaned me money. You know, it was like a back and back and forth. Yeah. Definitely pine, lost a hundred dollars. Yeah, pinecone money. But uh, no, what I was gonna say about this area and what like what we like to do for fun. This is a uh, Tahoe is a um, a playground for adults. There's like a, infinite outdoor stuff to do here. The winter, you got you know snowmobiling and like the skiing and snowboarding, obviously. But there's just you know. It's, Anything outdoors in the in the mountains that you want to do is available here. Um, Truckee has like twenty five Olympians, you know. So like the the out this the outdoor mecca uh, in North America, and uh, it's cool to to be here. Truckee Thursdays. Oh yeah, in the summer. Yeah. They shut down the whole road, and they just have a bunch of vendors and stuff like that. Live music. It's just it's epic. Oh man, right in the center of town. The bike path. Bike, bike path, path is perfect for the electric skateboards. Yeah, we rip down through there like we're snowboarding. Oh, man. So I guess uh, once this whole pandemic blows over, I'll, I'll have to just come back up here and take part in as many of those activities as I can. Yeah, exactly. Especially the outdoor uh, music and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds sick. It's a huge scene here. Damn. So, and I mean, of course, mountain biking, but well, none of us are really mountain bikers. Yeah, North Star's pretty big on that though, right? They they have lifts huge, and biking. Huge. Another thing North Star does is like different events. Like one year they had a, a e bike thing where they where they let everybody rent out e bikes and stuff like that. And they were going to do that every year. They have a the one wheel stuff where they do like off off roading one wheels things and competitions and stuff like that. Actually, me and Matt made a went made a video for one of the e bike companies one day. They hooked us up with a bunch of free rentals. You remember that? Yeah, that was cool. We got to ride the bikes all the all the way up to Mid Mountain, like, and we didn't have to pedal wow. at all. We rode uphill, just slamming on yeah. the e bike. Yeah, that was that was cool. And they like <laughs> they thanked us for riding their bikes. It was cool. We put we made a little commercial for them, and we're like ripping past people going uphill. And I'm like, you're not even pedaling. You're just ripping by some guy with one hand, and you're like, oh, you know, that's funny. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. I appreciate you telling me a bit about your uh, activities off the slopes. Let's get back to skiing for a sec. And uh, I just kind of want to ask you guys what your favorite mountain is out here and, and why. So let's start with you, Cody. Well, I can only say North Star because that's the only place that I've had a chance to go to. <laughs> oh, man, that's right. That's right. Because you've only been out here for, uh, what is it? This is your second season, right? Second season. And this is the first one you've had a car, right? Yep. yep. So did you just kind of like go to and from work last season and that's yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he works a lot. Yeah. So, Dave, what about you? Um, I think I like little bits about every mountain. You know, if we had a, enough snow, then I like Squaw. I really like the steeps. I love the pow. And I feel like at Squaw, you know, you you can find powder after it's snowed for a couple yeah. of weeks if you know the places to look. But um, then I like North Star because of their parks, but their groomers are also great. You know, there there's something to be said about groomer where there's just you know not big divots and big chunks of snow in yeah. random spots, and that's one thing that North Star does really good at. 
So just being able to lay out a nice couple carbs, that's great. Um, and they've got a good half pipe too. But last year, Sierra Tahoe had this half pipe that was like yeah. an S shape. And it had like all these things up on the deck and stuff like that. And it was like so innovative. I would have had to say Sierra Tahoe's pipe last year was, was the funnest. But if I was to pick one resort, I would have to say North Star. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. What are you looking at me like that for? North Star is a joke of a resort. I mean, it's got the best park in in around. That's their claim to fame. But as far as their terrain, it just leaves everything to be lacking. The only thing North Star does exceptionally well, aside from park, is offer a family-friendly environment. But if we're talking about skiing and snowboarding, you can only, like where we're at in North Lake, Squaw is like hands down... Like just a, like not even close, not even the same ballpark as North Star. You got, you know, some of the best terrain that you can see in all of America from KT twenty two that you get to watch people hit uh, on a powder day. Like gives you this feeling in your stomach you can't even like match close to anything at North Star. Like so, so just visually talking, and then like just the overall terrain that they have. No matter what snow, no matter what's going on, I just think that it's not even comparable. I think Dave's saying North Star just because that's where we live. So he has to justify it in his mind on why he rides there so much. But Squaw is epic. Well, that is savage. How are you going to respond to that, Dave? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have an icon pass. If I wanted to go there that bad, I'd just go there. I I, I went there I went there a couple weeks ago, and it was just super icy. You know? It's not good yet. So, yeah, Squaw. I mean, North Star's better than Squaw now. And we're talking right now, Sam. So, like, see, you got to see, like, it depends. Like, but when we're talking, when we're talking resorts compared over the course of a year or where you want your pass. But if we're talking right now, yes, I would say North Star is better than than Squall because of the what they what they have and their capabilities. So it's 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 a complicated question. It's not super sure. easy to answer. I mean, I, I think that kind of lines up with what at peak rankings we've uh, assessed for both North Star and Squaw. I think we have North Star a little bit higher for resiliency. But we have Squaw much higher for terrain diversity and challenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, North Star Rem- Squaw is a is a giant mountain, you know, hands down. It's it's a, it's a mountain. But North Star really does remind me of like my home mountain feel of Okemo. Yeah. You know? North Star is the Okemo yeah. of Lake Tahoe. Exactly. I mean I've I freaking love hitting groomers and then dipping off to a little divot that pops me out and I can back three off, you know, and just like rip around underneath the lifts and there's not that many great riders here, you know. I I don't know. I just I you're, like you're the stars. best boarder on the mountain. <laughs> no. My name's not Matt Mahone. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah man. Well I'm glad to get some input on, on the podcast, but just in terms of uh tips on the slopes in general here or just in general in general do, do you guys have any words of advice for our listeners you have to be a little bit more specific you said tips in general like tips on like where to go or tips on how to like when you're on the slopes you know don't um, have a gaper just, gap just general you know? oh, just general tips well like know? yeah the like like you're you want to have good gear so you don't want to be showing up to the resort without tearing your skis all crappy like i can tell a tourist by how they carry their skis you know, so you want to like make sure you carry your stuff right. Be prepared. No, no gaper gap. So a gapers, you know what a gaper is, Sam? 
Can you remind the audience for us? A gaper is just a someone a, that side hits the features. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tourist that doesn't know how to ski. That skis ten days a year. That doesn't know anything. So they come up here, and they are you know trying to get a little piece of what we have here. Get we each, each of us sitting here get a hundred days of riding in a year. So it's um you know the gapers are people that. Uh, People that come up here and have absolutely no awareness of what is going on around them. But then there's the gaper gap. So that's where you have your gap between your goggles and your helmet. So like the gapers like to have a huge gap there where the locals make sure that their goggles and their helmet touch. So those those are the tips that I would be focused on. Okay, so to blend in, you don't want your goggles to be not touching your helmet. Or you don't want there to be a large gap there. They don't need to be touching, but they need to be... It needs to be a small gap. All right. All right. I didn't realize this was such a big issue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's your tips, Dave? Well, it depends. I guess for everybody, skiers and snowboarders, as far as riding goes, I would say to, you know, keep your knees bent. You know, if if you're looking for some riding tips, you know, always keep, keep your eyes up. Keep your head on a swivel, like we would say in the Navy. You know, it's it's like a highway out there, really. Um, I find myself being more comfortable when I'm going a little bit faster than everyone, just because I can judge where they are. Mm-hmm. The hardest person to judge is someone that's brand new and, and up on top of the mountain, and they're making turns that that don't match. You know, one turns super short, they wait a second, and then a really long other turn. Those are the ones that are hard to judge. So you just gotta always keep an eye on your surroundings. I would say that'd be my tip. Yeah, and here's why you don't want to listen to Dave, is the number one rule is you got to look good. And in order to look good, you got to focus on not having a gaper gap. But, uh, you know, that's, okay. that's good advice. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> hard time. Maybe that's because I shop at Lost and Found. This is an expensive sport. <laughs> <laughs> not, I, I mean, I don't judge you. I got all my stuff at a ski swap until this season. Hey, so. that's where I go. Yeah. Unless I can get a pro form card or something from somebody that works at the resorts. Speaking of which, we'll have to do that sometime. You have some advice for anyone? Stay hydrated out there. Yeah. Water or anything else? Beer and water. (laughs) Alright. That's good. That's good advice. Thanks for joining, guys. I I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I think this has been a really eye-opening conversation. Do uh, you guys just have any uh, final words before we end? Follow me on Instagram at Half Cab King. Shameless plug for <laughs> Dave over here. You know, I, I would just like to leave it with that, um, you know, the point of skiing and snowboarding is to have fun. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And it's like an art form out there. So there, I think, you know, as long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. Yeah, just like Matt said, as long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. But always make sure you know what's going on around you. Yeah, that's important. Have fun. Be aware you're not the only one out there. Well, I had fun recording this podcast, so thanks for joining, guys. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you back on the peak.